0: the job. Sometimes lately, the hostility wound up involving her young son, Patrick, who hated his stepfather, and now that he was older and bigger, sometimes came to her defense. Finished with his business, the old man flushed the toilet and, impatient for the rush of water in the tank to stop so he could listen, flipped off the bathroom light and went to the window working to raise it as far as it would go, he peered out into thirty feet of dark yard between the two houses, worried about the woman, but more about the boy. The upstairs bedroom light was on next door, and he could almost, but not quite, make out the sense of McMurdoch's belligerent shouting. The tank water quit running, and he heard McMurdoch's wife wail in pain, and her body thump against a wall. A dim light came on in Patrick's basement room, and the old man hoped the youngster would stay put and out of harm's way. His interference would only make things worse, as usual. Though he might divert some of his stepfather's brutality from his mother, he was not large or strong enough to stop him, to do what the old man longed to do. Though he knew he was no more up to the job of giving McMurdoch a taste of his own savagery than the boy. He would call the police if the damned police would do anything. But from sad experience, he knew they wouldn't arrest one of their own. He'd already tried that twice to no avail. All it had earned him was a threat across the back fence from McMurdoch and embarrassed pleading from young Patrick not to call his stepfathers friends again. He was a good kid, really. Showed up unasked on a regular basis to mow the old man's lawn when he mowed his own sometimes helped out with things too heavy for the old man to lift or too high for him to reach any more, or ran a few errands. Then they would sit in the kitchen over a glass of juice or soda, talking, though never about what went on in the night next door. Patrick tried to act as if everything was perfectly normal, but his casual smile often didn't erase the hurt and confusion in his eyes, as he shied away from anything approaching the secret he was clearly ashamed of and bent on keeping to himself. The old man knew that Patrick had been in trouble once for helping to spray-paint four-letter words on a police car parked outside a restaurant where the two officers who drove it were taking a dinner break. That particular mischief made some sense when you thought about it. Acting out, he'd heard it called. A kind of getting back. A black eye and bruises from McMurdoch were the result, and the old man had fervently wished that there was something he could... Another cry from next door interrupted his thoughts, accompanied by the sharp splintering of glass. Then the shriek was abruptly cut off. Something heavy fell. Then there was silence. The elongated shadow of a person passed over the shade that covered the window. There were no further sounds from the upstairs room. The old man waited, listening in the dark, but the episode appeared to be over. Tomorrow, and for several days, she would not leave the house, hiding out inside. If he or anyone knocked, there would be no answer. Then any lingering cuts and bruises would be the result of a fall, an accident, her own clumsiness. And young Patrick would make himself scarce, probably with those two friends of his, hoping not to cause further trouble. When there was nothing more to be heard or seen, the old man closed the window to its normal narrow crack and padded back to bed, lay down and tried to go back to sleep, fighting disgust and impotent fury. Most of his anger was, of course, directed at McMurdoch, though there was some disdain reserved for Patrick's mother, for putting herself in this situation and staying there, risking her son as well as herself. Why the hell didn't she leave? Just take Patrick and go. Even if the house belonged to her, it could be worked out later and wasn't worth staying for. It made no sense to him at all. For three years off and on, he had been made glaringly aware of the violence that haunted the family next door, and it was growing worse, not better. A bomb ready to go off and cripple or kill someone if something didn't change. Well, perhaps it would soon. He comforted himself with the thought that Patrick was about to graduate from high school. He had heard McMurdoch yelling contemptuously that after that benchmark, Patrick would be on his own, that he was through supporting a lazy kid. That Patrick would have to get out, find a place of his own, and a job. The old man sighed and shifted again in his bed. Getting up had not helped the ache in his legs, but the cramp in his foot had not returned as it sometimes did, driving him crazy with its persistent intensity. Consciously he made himself relax and turned his mind to other things. He began to lay out the garden he was about to plant. Two rows of carrots this year, good for the eyes, and his weren't as sharp as they'd once been, Maybe he'd try some of those cherry tomatoes instead of just the regular kind. He'd already loosened the soil in his bean patch, turned it over, ready to plant runner beans, which would climb up strings on the side of his storage shed. Visualizing a summer's worth of fresh lettuce, spinach, radishes, and cucumbers, he fell into a light, uneasy sleep. He did not see the light in the upstairs bedroom go off, or the one in Patrick's basement room stay on for some time afterward. When it finally went off, he did not hear the back door open and close quietly. Didn't see the dark figure slip into his backyard, where it remained beside his shed for a few minutes, hidden in the shadows, then went on between the two houses to the street. Though booted, the feet made little sound on the sidewalk as they hurried away and the huddled figure of young Patrick disappeared into the night beyond the streetlight at the corner. The old man was unaware that the upstairs bedroom light came on again some time later, but a siren coming up the street woke him as the gray light of early morning made it just possible to see the shape of the house next door, the driveway full of police cars, an ambulance, and the coroner's wagon, and many people going hurriedly in and out. From the window he saw McMurdoch assisted into the ambulance and whisked away, and much later in the morning he watched a covered body carried out the front door and learned over the back fence, to his relief, that it was not Patrick, but his mother they had taken to the morgue. Patrick, it seemed, had disappeared, had taken a few things, including the money from his stepfather's wallet, along with his own small savings, and run off. Patrick, according to Officer McMurdoch, had battered and killed his mother with a baseball bat he'd carried up from the basement and tried to kill his stepfather, knocking him cold and sending him to the hospital for a day. It was everyone's gossip in a town the size of Cody. How you could just never tell about kids and what they might do these days. How even with a policeman for a stepfather. The old man thought differently. He didn't believe a word of it, but no one asked him, so he kept his mouth shut. If they found Patrick, there would be time for talking. If not, who could he talk to anyway? And especially, what could he prove? Nothing. All he could do was wait and see, but he sincerely hoped Patrick would be all right wherever he was, and that they wouldn't find him. He liked that boy. The next afternoon, when the old man was neatly stretching string from nail to nail on the side of his shed to support the beans he had just planted, a detective came around the side of the house into the backyard. He was so non-regulation that at first the old man thought he was probably a salesman of some kind. Daniel Loomis was a quiet man in his late thirties, slender and fit with broad shoulders. He had a manner of slow speaking that almost but not quite, hid the quickness of intellect and wry humor that shone in the half-lidded eyes that peered out under the brim of a baseball cap, above a slightly hooked nose and scrubby moustache. He wore a black windbreaker and moved almost silently across the small patch of grass near the back door to the path between the old man's two raised garden plots, where his feet finally made a sound on the pebbles— Attracting the old man's attention. He did not respond, but continued to fasten the string to the nails and waited. Mr. Dalton? One last knot in the string before he turned to watch the stranger cover the last few feet of the path. You selling something I don't want? Detective Loomis, CPD. Got a minute?